Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about sickle cell anemia. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash sickle cell anemia or in the hematology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Sickle cell anemia is a genetic condition that causes sickle or crescent shaped red blood cells. The abnormal shape makes the red blood cells more fragile and easily destroyed, leading to hemolytic anemia, where the red blood cells break down. Patients with sickle cell anemia are prone to various sickle cell crises, which we'll talk about in more detail later on. Let's start with the pathophysiology. Hemoglobin is the protein in red blood cells that transports oxygen. Oxygen attaches to the hemoglobin molecule and is delivered around the body. During fetal development, at around 32 to 36 weeks of pregnancy, fetal hemoglobin, or HBF, production decreases and adult hemoglobin, or HBA, increases. So the fetal hemoglobin is gradually replaced with adult hemoglobin. At birth, around half the hemoglobin is fetal hemoglobin and half is adult hemoglobin. By six months of age, very little fetal hemoglobin is produced and the red blood cells contain almost entirely adult hemoglobin. Patients with sickle cell disease have an abnormal variant called hemoglobin S or HBS. Hemoglobin S results in sickle-shaped red blood cells. Sickle cell anemia is an autosomal recessive condition affecting the gene for beta globin on chromosome 11. One abnormal copy of the gene results in sickle cell trait. Patients with sickle cell trait are usually asymptomatic, meaning they have no symptoms. Patients with one abnormal copy are defined as carriers of the condition, so they carry the abnormal gene but they're not affected by the disease. Two abnormal copies result in sickle cell disease. Let's talk about the relationship with sickle cell disease and malaria. Sickle cell disease is more common in patients from areas traditionally affected by malaria, such as Africa, India, the Middle East and the Caribbean. Having one abnormal copy of the gene, or being sickle cell trait or a carrier of the condition, reduces the severity of malaria infection. As a result, patients with sickle cell trait are more likely to survive malaria and pass on their genes. Therefore, there is a selective advantage to having the sickle cell gene in areas of malaria, making it more common. Let's talk about screening. In the UK, sickle cell disease is tested for on the newborn blood spot screening test at around 5 days of age so it's usually picked up shortly after birth. Pregnant women that are at high risk of being carriers of the sickle cell gene are offered testing. Let's go through the complications. The complications of sickle cell disease are anemia, increased risk of infection, chronic kidney disease, sickle cell crises, which we'll talk about in more detail, acute chest syndrome, which we'll also talk about in more detail, stroke, 
avascular necrosis or death of the bone due to insufficient blood supply in large joints such as the hip, pulmonary hypertension, gallstones and priapism which is painful and persistent penile erections. So let's talk about sickle cell crisis. Sickle cell crisis refers to a spectrum of acute exacerbations caused by sickle cell disease and these range from mild to life-threatening. They can occur spontaneously or can be triggered by dehydration, infection, stress or cold weather. There's no specific treatment for sickle cell crisis and the management is mainly supportive with low threshold for admission to hospital treating infections that may have triggered the crisis, keeping the patient warm, good hydration, and this may involve IV fluids, and analgesia, except non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs should be avoided where there is renal impairment. So let's go through some of the specific types of crisis, starting with vaso-occlusive crisis. Vaso-occlusive crisis is also known as painful crisis and it's the most common type of sickle cell crisis. It's caused by the sickle-shaped red blood cells clogging up capillaries causing ischemia to the tissue that's distal to those capillaries. Essentially, the small blood vessels get clogged up with red blood cells and oxygen can't be delivered to the tissues that those blood vessels supply. Vaso-occlusive crisis typically presents with pain and swelling in the hands or feet, but it can affect the chest, back and other body areas. It can be associated with a fever. Vaso-occlusive crisis can cause priapism in men by trapping blood in the penis causing a painful and persistent erection. And this is a urological emergency that's treated by aspirating blood from the penis. Next let's talk about splenic sequestration crisis. Splenic sequestration crisis is caused by red blood cells blocking blood flow within the spleen. This causes an acutely enlarged and painful spleen. Blood pooling in the spleen can lead to severe anemia and hypovolemic shock because there's not enough blood volume in other areas of the body. Splenic sequestration crisis is considered an emergency. The management is supportive with blood transfusions and fluid resuscitation to treat anemia and shock. Splenic sequestration crisis can lead to splenic infarction where there's death of the spleen tissue leading to hyposplenism or underfunctioning of the spleen and susceptibility to infections particularly infections caused by encapsulated bacteria, for example Streptococcus pneumoniae and Haemophilus influenzae. Spleenectomy, or removal of the spleen, prevents splenic sequestration crisis and may be used in recurrent cases. Next let's talk about aplastic crisis. Aplastic crisis describes a temporary absence of the creation of new red blood cells. This is usually triggered by infection with parvovirus B19. Aplastic crisis leads to significant anemia, specifically aplastic anemia, 
where there's no red blood cells being created. Management is supportive with blood transfusions if necessary. Aplastic crisis usually resolves spontaneously within around a week. Next let's talk about acute chest syndrome. Acute chest syndrome occurs when the vessels supplying the lungs become clogged up with red blood cells. This can be triggered by a vasoocclusive crisis, fat embolism or infection. Acute chest syndrome presents with fever, shortness of breath, chest pain, cough and hypoxia or low oxygen levels. A chest x-ray will show pulmonary infiltrates. Acute chest syndrome is a medical emergency and it's got a high mortality so it requires prompt supportive management and treatment of the underlying cause with analgesia to treat pain, good hydration with intravenous fluids if required, antibiotics or antiviral drugs for infections, blood transfusions to treat anemia, incentive spirometry involves using a machine that encourages effective and deep breathing and respiratory support with oxygen, non-invasive ventilation or mechanical ventilation if required. Finally, let's talk about the general management of sickle cell disease. A specialist multidisciplinary team will manage the disease. The general principles are to avoid triggers for crises such as dehydration have up-to-date vaccinations, antibiotic prophylaxis is used to protect against infection, typically with penicillin V or phenoxymethyl penicillin, hydroxycarbamide may be used and this stimulates the production of fetal haemoglobin instead of adult haemoglobin, crizanlizumab, which is a monoclonal antibody that targets P-selectin, blood transfusions for severe anemia, and a bone marrow transplant can be curative but carries significant risks. Hydroxycarbamide works by stimulating the production of fetal haemoglobin. Fetal haemoglobin does not lead to sickling of the red blood cells, unlike haemoglobin S. Hydroxycarbamide reduces the frequency of vasoocclusive crises, improves anemia and may extend lifespan. Crizanlizumab is a monoclonal antibody that targets P-selectin. P-selectin is an adhesion molecule found on endothelial cells on the inside walls of blood vessels and on platelets. By targeting and interfering with P-selectin, it prevents red blood cells from sticking to the blood vessel wall and reduces the frequency of vasoocclusive crises. So thanks for listening to this episode on sickle cell anemia. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about leukemia.